This week we're dolled up and hitting the red carpet as we look at what movie takes the crown in this week's Flame Off. What was the best Oscar snub? Uh, uh, wow, I, man, I should have uh, prepared something. Yeah, I, I, I mean, a big thanks to Robert for believing in this project. You know, my, my agent uh, for giving me a shot at hosting. You know, these are a labor of love, but uh, I, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be luckier. Uh, okay, uh, they're playing me up. Uh, thanks to all the listeners. This is Twenty Four Flames per second. to another episode of 24 flames per second i am your host quasi phillips and this week it is time for a flame off where we try and find the movies that take the top spot in a new category each week today we got a good showdown here to help us find out what movie is the best oscar snub are these the movies you thought maybe maybe not but our panelists this week are here and ready to set the mo- set it right and prove what movie has got it going on and deserves that oscar I'm excited for it. Um, we are in Oscar season. It's the noms are out. Um, there is a lot of conversation around the movies this year. I know it's it's an unusual year, of course, for films as usual, but um, there's definitely a lot uh, of conversation around the Oscars this year. And um, I'm I'm curious about like going back and seeing what what we missed, what was missed, what deserves the love. So. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, uh, our amazing co-host, Casey Rom. how are you doing? I'm good. Um, my dog is being super cute right now, and it's like too dark for me to get an, an accurate picture of what she's doing. Um, so I just have to like remember how cute okay. she is. You just got a mental picture it. <laughs> yeah. Put it in your mind palace mm-hmm. of what is going on with the pup right now. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. You, uh, you. So you, we know the the Partyfish Media family does a big old um, Oscar pool every yes. uh, season. And uh, Casey, you've got your votes in. I still have some more to watch. Um, yeah, I had a I had a pretty good streak going. I won two years in a row. One year I tied with our uh, other panelist. Um, yeah. but I won outright the first year I did it, and then I. The, the parasite year i lost my i lost my streak because i you know believed that 1917 was going to win everything even though that's not what i wanted i should have gone with my heart and not my brain and so yeah. i'm hoping to to bring it back this year <laughs> well i'm i'm sure i'm sure you will i think that it's it's always a lot of fun i am uh i think that this year i i mean i no, I have to watch more than I did the last two times, but I will. I'm going to come ready this year. I know it. I know it. Strap yeah, in. Cause I believe in coming. you. Com- competition's coming. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And our panelists, uh, as you uh, foreshadowed, uh, previous uh, tied winner of the Oscar pool for Party Fish Media. <laughs> that's, her, that's our big credit. <laughs> hey, I won last year outright. You did. So. Oh, you did okay. Win. So Straight up. Sheer so, dumb luck. Right. So we're beefing, actually. Defending champion. Like. Yep. <laughs> Alexandra Williams, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I am uh, great. I uh, I and I'm I know. Yeah, I I'm, know that you, know, you guys have excited to be expertise. here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy. I'm happy you got, were able to join us this time. This yeah. is again. We we gotta have like the the reigning champ way. I mean, on what you, was you messaged me and I was like, I don't care what we're talking about. It's Oscars. I'm there. Let's do this. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Somebody wants to record yeah. me for four hours. I will do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, strap in for a super extended play. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, are you? Is, we're gonna get into our movies, but is yeah. there one this year that you are? you liked a lot and you think well i am way way behind on my oscar movies this year so i believe i have only seen one of the best picture nominees which Mm -hmm. was dune liked it don't necessarily think it was the best thing ever think that once the second half comes out and you watch it as like one four hour thing it'll be great yeah Um, 
Yeah. But I think, you know, yeah. I would have put all of my eggs in the basket of um, The Harder They Fall. I think that's probably my favorite movie this year. Yeah. I, I didn't, I, I, for some reason, I was looking at the noms. I didn't see it. Is that actually nominated? This nope. Year? Nothing. Not. Got nothing. That's what I thought. Okay. That, I, that's one we could have also, talked about, you know. <laughs> there's, there is a plethora <laughs> exactly. that we could have talked about. Let's be real. The Oscars have missed the dunk <laughs> consistently. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but um yeah okay so well, great i'm happy that you're able to join us as we talk about some oscar snubs but we gotta get into it because i'm your opponent today and we got a couple of movies that we want to talk about so uh, what did you bring what do you think was a big giant oscar snub well i had to think about this a lot um mm-hmm. there are hundreds and hundreds of movies in the course of the Oscars that either didn't get nominations or didn't win things, you know? Um, But the thing that the, the movie that stood out to me recently uh, was the farewell starring Aquafina. It's just this beautiful movie about a woman who finds out that her grandmother is dying. Her beloved grandmother's dying And the family decides to orchestrate a wedding to give her basically one last really happy memory on her way out the door, so to speak. Um, And uh, Aquafina's character, Billy, who's been raised in America, is torn because the family is insisting that they don't tell the grandmother that she's dying. And so it's just this wonderful movie, I think, about family and obligation to family, but also figuring out your place in it, your place in your culture. How do you reconcile the American life you were brought up with versus the cultural mm-hmm. um, and Chinese life that your family comes from and the expectations right. of who you've got to be loyal to um, with well, all just celebrating generational love and generational um, history. Um, yeah. And I just thought it was just so, so beautifully acted and so beautifully subtly directed. I think that's another thing is it just, it was not heavy handed. And with a story like that, you'd expect to feel the director in every scene. And there were so many scenes where it just felt like she kind of let them do what they needed to do to get the story across. And I think it was just the Oscars dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you said it. Female director is probably yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, a yeah, that's a yeah. I feel like that's a huge mark as to probably why it felt more subtle. Yeah. Um, and it's directing and it's less less heavy handedness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, did you uh, was when you saw it? Was it something that like you were fully expecting to be like in the pool? As, oh, like, oh yeah, for sure. Deal. Yeah. Um, I think by the time I'd seen it. Um, it had, it was out of theaters cause it was a summer release. And I think, honestly, I do think that's mm-hmm. something that hurt it because it was like prime Oscar movie. It's like without being a heavy handed kind of design to win an Oscar movie, it seemed like the perfect kind of, it hit ticks all the, bu- you know, ticks all the boxes. Um, but it was released in the summer. So by the time I saw it, it was on DVD. Um, I'd seen that it had made critics lists and top tens of the year, and there were a lot of expectations for it to be nominated. And so I expected it to be good, but I didn't expect to be um, at the end of the movie going, this might be like top five movies of the year, not just top 10 or like, oh, this is really good. It could make it. It could not. Um, This is like absolutely has to be in the conversation. And so Oscar nominations come out that year and I'm like, what the fuck happened? (laughs) Right. What are you doing? Because, you know, they they didn't nominate Aquafina, who won the Golden Globe for her performance. It mm-hmm. didn't get a script nomination, which it easily could have done. It could have gotten a directing nomination. And it sure as shit should have gotten a Best Picture nomination when you have up to 10 nominees. You yeah. know, there's no, right. like, when you have that many nominees, there's no excuse to miss a movie like this. It's, it, it, I, I totally agree. I think that there's, I mean, the, of the 91 years of, or however many, 93, right? 94 years of the Oscars, they've only nominated like 540 movies. So nine, of all the movies that are made in the past 90 years, there's a very, it's, it's a narrow margin. So obviously you gotta, you gotta make hard choices. But I think that like, 
the surrounding culture of that Oscar season and like what, you know, what the expectations are. I feel like any opportunity within that space where you can find these other types of movies to bring into that, you should, they should jump on the chance, but yeah, this it's not, it's not always easy. It's not always something that happens for sure. So yeah, I can, I'm sure it was frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, you emotionally invest in something like the Oscars. You're like, you betrayed yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I trusted you. I do want to read out. Um, so this movie came out in 2019. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just going to read out the Best Picture nominees for 2019. Keep in mind, there are only eight. It could be up to ten. Sure. Uh, so we have Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Green Book, Vice, A Star is Born, and Roma. So, so that's that's actually the wrong year. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> um, this would have been the same year as Parasite. Oh. So this would have been last year. 2020? Yeah. Of the 2021. Yeah, because the Oscars do the weird thing where they label it by the year yeah. they give the award out, not the year of the movies. Oh, well, so my bad. 2020 right. Oscars are for 2019 <laughs> movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So okay. that's it. Like it's Parasite 1917, and yeah. okay. I don't remember the other ones. However, <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, other but, ones that but, shouldn't have been nominated. Oh yeah, like yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was that year. Yeah. That was that easily, year. I see. Easily can replace that with the farewell. <laughs> well, I think that that brings into like uh, yeah, definitely in the conversation of like the whole. Cold, like what the Oscars kind of mean, I guess, to the industry as well. So, like that, I feel like there's always those parts of the conversation that make it, you know, uh, always like what I don't know, even know how you would even get these movies into like the conversation. And then, thankfully, like a movie like The Farewell, where it gets the the praise it deserves loudly, I think is kind of where you see they're having a bigger chance to get, you know, into that envelope, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, get the nom it deserves. Well, you know what? Yeah, I, uh, this is stiff competition. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I am. I'm bringing the. I'm bringing the pain. I'm bringing the spooks because uh, my big Oscar snub is Hereditary. I saw this movie. We do fa- famously on the Twenty Four Flames Pod. We do a great big old Twenty Four Hour Movie Marathon of horror movies, and this really did stem from watching that movie. For, like a huge inspiration came from me for that movie because it was, I was terrified, certainly. And like in the theater experience, watching an ex- a horror movie in a theater is just like a different type of vibe and experience that you're watching. It's like you, you feel like the people in the theater, it's like a team. It's no longer like different people watch movies. It's like we're all trying to like get through this together. <laughs> and I felt that so much in that theater. And even watching like the performances, watching the story and watching the cinematography by itself, it's a fantastic movie and a fantastic story. And I feel like in general, horror movies just do not get the love they deserve. I think that's a huge uh, area, a blind spot in terms of any cat, any, you know, version of, of awards that you want to claim. They just don't get that love. Like the, I think they've mentioned that, of those, you know, 500 and whatever movies, there have only been six horror movies that have been nominated in the 91 years. I think it was, okay, so it's Jaws, Silence of the Lambs, The Exorcist, um, Get Out, and I'm missing one. But that, that in the history of the Oscars, only those movies, and that cannot be true because there are so many, especially with, with horror, because when... When a horror movie is good like that, it 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 kind of transcends genres in a lot of ways, and it like hits you in these very interesting emotional ways. And yes, fear and you know different things. They, it it's not exact. It's it, it it feels less of the artistic cinema type in 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 some respects. In a lot of respects, it actually excels in it. it excels in all the different categories that you have in order to make those fears work. And Hereditary was successful in all of them, and so. I thought it was a big miss. Tony Collette, I, I'm still haunted by some of her parts of that movie, of how she, well she was able to perform 
the pain of, of what she was going through in that film and and those and mo- moments in the movie itself that still like get to me and I rem- like remember so vividly and you know it's that in and of itself deserves some respect from from uh, from a, a, any sort of awards categories so it just was a real bummer to not see that happen that year um, and uh, from and at least I think Get Out certainly deserved. Um, it's it's praise, but then it also kind of speaks to me that like in order for horror to even get into the conversation, it has to break all kinds of genres, reach everybody, and like be so socially relevant that they can't ignore it. Like it's they can find all the little like movies that are kind of like you were saying, like built to be the like Oscar bait. Like well, I, the biggest example for me is The Post. Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg, journalists. Like, there's no way. There's no way. It's it's just soup. It's just a recipe for for that. And I'm not saying it was a bad movie, but I think that it's just that's that's if 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 that's the rule book, then it just it. What what are we even doing then? You know. So the nominees that I read actually do apply to this year. So. I did something somewhat purposeful, <laughs> but I think it's worth noting again that there were only eight in the category. And the year that that you're arguing for, um, Alexandra, there are only nine in the category. So either year, right. it could have been added without any like real drama. I know. Um, but what I think is interesting about the year that Hereditary came out is that. Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people were like, "Well, Marvel finally got there." nomination and it's you know a social thing and like yeah so we did it and i right. feel like they just they like did get out and they were like okay we did horror and then they did black panther and they were like okay we did superhero we did, yeah, it's we over did black people <laughs> yeah. Both years. we did black people <laughs> now we so yeah. circle back to our whites you know like our white yeah, celebration so white. i yeah. think what's also interesting is that both of your movies, though they seem very different, are essentially about like familial trauma, you know. Yeah. And so this is like a theme that is is seen yeah. in Oscar movies, regularly nominated Oscar movies. But mm-hmm. what they're up against are, you know, biopics, stories about Hollywood, sure. which is historically Oscar's favorite. Um, is anything yeah. that takes place in Mank. Hollywood. <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. all of these and, you know, white savior movies. So it's just right. the green book. I think that, <laughs> I think that is, a, a, yeah, it's a huge conversation around what, where, where do, I guess what's what kind of a place I'm curious to start with for both of our films is like, where, what is the kind of like the chance that these movies have to get in there? Like when you think about Oscar movies and what um, kind of gets, gets in the attention, you know, like what makes them interested and why are they overlooked? I feel like money is certainly part of it, but I think like there's like a, also like a culture and like a campaigning process that goes into play a little bit. And I don't know. It feels like when, when you have a film that's hard to sell quote unquote, of like why it deserves it without like obvious social momentum, then they're not going to address it. And I feel like for, I mean, for smaller or more subtle films like the farewell or horror movies like hereditary, it's just not just what what shot do we have? You know? Mm -hmm. Well, definitely within that vein, I will, I will give you that horror movies, I think have a harder road to Mm -hmm. um, awards. And I would say, I don't want to say like legitimate awards versus not legitimate awards kind of thing, but it's more like they have a harder road towards what is like generally accepted as mainstream awards versus what is accepted as genre awards, you know, like horror movie uh, awards. um, There's like, there's a specific one that's designed for science fiction and horror that um, is given out every year. That's bad that we don't know the name of that. Right, exactly. <laughs> I want to oh, say that. Pluto, but I might be wrong. Yeah, it's um I don't remember. <laughs> but um so yes, I you know, I acknowledge that like Hereditary has a harder road to the Oscars for sure. Um but you know, in some ways I think that you know, you could argue that The Farewell has also a hard road or harder road because it's not mm-hmm. completely in English. 
And we know unless some foreign film is really, really big, a la Parasite or Roma, Roma, it is really hard to get the Academy to look at a foreign language film as anything but a foreign language category. And to see it as something that's deserving of more attention than just, well, we already have a category for you. So you can just be over there and we'll go play with all the other movies over here. They actually had to change the name around this time of the foreign language film because it used to just be international film. Or well, international I think it's film. international now. It's foreign language. Be- yeah. It had been foreign language. And then people pushed back against that because people were making movies that weren't being able to be submitted by countries yeah. or something based on language barriers or I yeah, it got dicey for a while in there, but I think, you know, the thesis statement of that is that there are a lot of politics involved in this era. Cause you both pulled something from within a year of each other. And in this era is where you really start to see Netflix and like, these other services take over. I mean, we had in this era, we had the Irishman, we had marriage story, we had Roma, we had, you know, and even Netflix picks and chooses which of their prestige films they're going to focus their attention on for awards. Right. And which is why you end up with movies like the harder they fall that don't get nominated. Right. Yeah. Or even, you know, advertised in the same Mm -hmm. way, which is really given that focus just because like, yeah, they don't, I mean, what, whether like, money being a huge vested interest is just like not being able to like have that be something that they can push forward and kind of actually achieve it. So they're not going to even try. Yeah. Which yeah. is just a real shame. Yeah. I mean, studios, I, it does seem like studios have to pick and choose by the time award season kicks into high gear of like, okay, mm-hmm. we had our movie. Um, Cause I'm pretty, I'm 99% sure a 24 was also the studio that was distributing the farewell. And so mm-hmm. they, there it's you the go. It's the A24 snub. That's what <laughs> there it is. You go. That's what it is. We found it. <laughs> um, so, you know, they released the movie in summer. By the time, you know, fall and the, um, you know, award season really picks up, they've got to say, okay, can we put our money behind this movie that came out in the summer or this one that we know is more front and center in Oscar voters' eyes because it came out two weeks ago? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. I wonder if there's also, um, I guess, that bias for um, finding, I mean, finding the studios that are, you know, whether or not they're, like, willing to, like, take that chance on certain movies or and, and find, you know, a way to balance their push for, for acclaim, I guess, for, yeah. like, actual acclaim versus just, like, pushing it out for... Because I feel like there's a lot, I mean, a lot of A24 movies come to mind, but, like, The Last Black Man in San Francisco... For me, it was one that I also feel like really should have gotten a lot more love than it did, um, and it's it's a matter of the like of also I guess where what niche areas are they finding the people to actually go and watch those movies, and mm-hmm. are they the ones that are going to be loud about it in a way that's going to get that type of attention? Oftentimes, not they're not going to be the ones that are really pushing for it. They're and they're and unless they have like these, you know either like really big viral, um, I guess big viral moments that they could attach onto or ways to kind of penetrate the culture in a very specific way. They're not going to do it and and they're not going to put as much effort behind it as they can. Um, I think what's interesting there, and I think this is kind of a good segue because we're talking about how, how your two choices can break in. And let's say it's not in best picture, even though I think we can all agree that both of these <laughs> belonged in those that category. I think you can't ignore best actress in a leading role as a category for either of these movies. Yeah, and so again, absolutely. I'm going to look at the years. So Quasi for 2019, we had Lady Gaga, we had Melissa McCarthy, Olivia Coleman, Yelitsa Aparicio, and Glenn Close. And then for 2020, we had Charlize Theron, Renee Zellweger, Cynthia Erivo, Scarlett Johansson, and, and Saoirse Ronan. So we've got like some pretty established repeat nominees. You know, I mean, I, I remember Glenn Close for The Wife being like a meme because it was like, who saw The Wife? Who really <laughs> saw The Wife? But it's Glenn Close. So of course, she's going to yeah. get a nomination. And ultimately, she's going to get the support of the studio 
She probably has a significant amount of her own money to throw in if she wants to make a campaign for herself. And a lot of times actors are making campaigns for themselves. Sure. You know, yeah. and, and you have to give swag. You have to send screeners. You have to do you've got private to show showings. Up to the, yeah, you've got yeah. to show up to the sc- those screenings and got to sit there and yeah. answer questions for two, three, four hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And so when you have... You know, Aquafina, who most people before this movie knew as like a rapper, who's what? What does she have? You know, to to do that. Yeah. And so it's not the performance alone, but I would love to hear you both talk about the performances of your leading ladies. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I'll let I'll let you go. I'll let you go, Alex. Um. Well, so I think that's that's another selling point for me as it being snubbed in terms of like, okay, you know set aside best picture, you know, best actress, the, the Oscars the you know, the Academy loves these stories of people that you don't expect to be able to be talented enough to, you know, to be nominated. Do they always nominate them? No. Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey. <laughs> I mean, there are tons of people that could be Oscar nominated who fall into that category. And yet we see it like with Lady Gaga. Did anybody know she could act? No. Uh, but she's Lady Gaga, and so we went. Sure, let's you know put her in that category, and she had a significant chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that you know the story of like Aquafina going, I can do something serious, a la Melissa McCarthy, um, really kind of goes into this. Well, did they take her? Did they not take her seriously because she was a rapper and not just a pop singer or somebody who did just comedy? Um, or because mm-hmm. she's young, or because she's, she's POC, exactly. or because <laughs> right, like what you know, where where is the myriad of places that they could have dropped the ball with her? Um, yeah, but she also again has a tougher road because she doesn't have the name, the same kind of name recognition that somebody like Tony Collette does. Tony Collette could have at least campaigned, probably did, on the fact that she's a former Oscar nominee, right? So she has mm-hmm. that in the bag, and she can always be listed now in promotional materials for any movie as. Oscar nominee Tony Collette. Aquafina can't they can't make money off of her promoting the farewell as anything other than Aquafina. I don't know that she's YouTube one other rewind one. star. Right. Aquafina. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I totally hear what you're saying. But I think that that kind of also speaks to why horror movies just I mean, yes, I don't know whether or not Tony Collette did that work for campaigning, but the fact that she has that appeal and yet as exceptional as she was in the film doesn't get it. Is it because of the film itself? Is it because of what genre that they're just not going to always, they're going to avoid in general? Who knows? But I feel like it's it, that blind eye is, it's just, it just misses so much. And especially with, I don't know um, whether or not there's, I, was, was Wrecking for a Dream nominated? Do you guys know off the top of your heads? Um, Ellen Burstyn was nominated for Best Actress, but lost. She well, that movie won. is a horror movie for me. Yeah, but, um, but I don't. I think that's a that's one that I don't think got as many nominations as it could have. But I yeah. know Ellen Burstyn was nominated. Okay, so that's I guess that was the head like top of head example of like just like these really movies that are like that push push genre in a lot of ways and are less likely. I mean, obviously they they can be, but less likely to get that appreciation in in the long run. Um, but like, and it extends to all the other parts of it that make the film happen: the cinematography, sound editing, um, lighting, production design, all those pieces of it that make uh, visual effects. Can't forget that, like that, make these movies work. And 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 especially for the horror genre, um, that that they also the, all those those creators, you know, get to miss they miss the boat and aren't able to like get that appreciation too so it's like this weird thing where the shutting down of an entire genre is just miss leaves people behind and it 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 doesn't allow for those films to kind of like have that appreciation um in like in like the more big acclaim uh scale yeah and it's interesting because you know we talked about how many horror movies have been nominated in the past and it's a small list and the most recent that I can remember is Get Out and I feel like that also had that kind of oh this person can do something else story it was just Jordan Peele instead of an actor mm-hmm. you know it was it was oh this person that we know for comedy can do this kind of drama horror 
Well, like, so I would, um, so I would say one jaws was the first summer blockbuster, mm-hmm. right? Um, silence the lambs. Uh, I believe, you know, one, you've got that performance by Anthony Hopkins who wins best actor. And if you time it, he's on screen for like eight, eight and a half minutes. Crazy. Right. Wow. Um, and so this is, this is where like my memory is fuzzy. 99% sure that came out the year after Jodie Foster won her first Oscar. So that is probably a selling point for that promotion of that a movie. a lot of name recognition. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also, I do wonder what's the box office on those movies, right? We know Jaws is like the, is considered the first summer blockbuster. How much money did they make? Because we've all seen movies that were like, this isn't going anywhere. Nobody's going to pay attention to this movie. And next thing you know, it makes a hundred million dollars and it becomes activity, baby. <laughs> you know, like um, the one that always comes to mind for me is the blind side. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Everybody saw the movie. Everybody was like, Sandra Bullock is great. And she'll get an Oscar nomination because she's paid her dues in Hollywood and she's never been nominated before. And she's Sandra Bullock. And next thing you know, the movie makes like a like a boatload of money. It's like 150, 200 million dollars. And it moves from just being about her to, oh, the movie is so good and it's going to get a best picture nomination. It's like because it made money or because it's that good. And so I wonder, like, I don't. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I would bet anything. Hereditary didn't make that much money, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. I know The Farewell didn't, you know. Is that one of the things that propelled Get Out, for example? Because I know that was a huge Get Out did make success, a lot of money, you know? yeah. Yeah, I think that's – it's I, money can can be a metric of quality, but I think it is it it's more of a metric of social impact. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely more of an intention thing than quality yeah. thing. Yeah, like Fast and the Furious make billions of dollars every time. Yeah. Um. So it's it is more of like what you know, like I guess like yeah, they're they're, imp- they're social influence, I suppose, and and movies that are able to kind of break have that influence for for reasons that are beyond just spectacle. I think it's that's that's like hereditary i feel like hereditary was one of those horror movies that really broke people out like Mm -hmm. this oh my god this is what horror movies can do and then get out especially yeah um but yeah i I, sorry casey well i was gonna say if get out is kind of the success story that you can stand up next to hereditary i would think that parasite might be even though it's a different genre because it did break that like people are willing to read subtitles you know, people are willing to watch a foreign movie. People are willing to watch a movie about a culture that they don't fully understand. I would set that up as a success story next to The Farewell. And so it's like, what was it about Parasite? And again, I think all of these are great movies. So I, I'm mm-hmm. not nitpicking here. I'm just saying, like, how did Parasite break through? Was was it Bong Joon-ho and his, like, weird personality that people just liked, you know? <laughs> What was it about that particular movie that allowed it to break through? Well, I mean, I don't I don't have an answer for that other than maybe, again, that social impact thing where, you know, kind of almost like a word of mouth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I remember when the movie started coming out and I was like, oh, what is this movie or whatever? And then like another review comes out and somebody starts tweeting about it and you see TikToks or whatever. It's like all of a sudden everybody is talking about this movie. And you're like, well, fuck, now I got to see this movie, you know, Um the thing is, I mean, Parasite, the, I think the the big breakthrough thing for Parasite is the fact that it won Best Picture as a foreign film or, you know, a, a foreign language film, non-English film. Um, there have been movies throughout the 90 plus years of the Oscars that have been nominated that have um, primarily another language than English. Not a ton. It's probably a handful, probably the same amount as... Um, a horror movie. Um, but I would definitely say like what pushes, what pushes a movie forward is like, you know, you were saying Quasi, like, what's the social impact? What's the, like, how are people reacting to it versus um, just letting it exist and being like, it is what it is. I think it's interesting too, because like I said, these movies came out within a year of each other and initially when it was discussed whether I would be a panelist on this episode, the first movie that came to my mind was Blind Spotting, which also came out in 2018, would have been a contender for the 2019 Oscars. And I felt like 
I was my own personal whisper network. Like I told everybody to see that movie. I was like, you have to see this movie. It's so good. It's the best movie of the year. And it just didn't pick up that steam. And now it has like a TV show tie in on Showtime. And it had David Diggs, who was like coming off of Hamilton. You know, it just, it, I, I could not understand what it was about that movie that didn't catch on. And then if you want to talk about, you know, social impact or big moments, that same year, Sorry to Bother You was in the mix. And I have not talked about a movie as much as that movie, maybe movie. ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, and at least too. for original screenplay, I think mm-hmm. that would have been I a know. strong contender. And so, yeah. again, you have, you know, in this same era, it, I wonder if we're just getting, like, too complicated. <laughs> like, if we're, we're all pulling recent memories because the pool is just so big now. I mean, I could go, I could dip way back for some, like, some stuff if you really want me to. But I thought, uh, I'll talk about stuff that's more likely to have been watched by people who are going to listen to this. I mean, that's also a thing from 1945, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Let's go back to, before there were talkies, let's go back to those movies. Buster Keaton, baby. (laughs) Exactly. Um, (laughs) No, yeah, I think, I mean, for, for both of these films, I think that there's just such a, Oh, they they lead, they are signifiers of a broader conversation as to like what it is that makes these that makes the Oscars appeal. Like where do they go, and what are the things that really matter in that conversation for for that are for nominations, and why do some of the things that we all expect get snubbed? You know, um, I think that the, and and for me, I'm curious. I know we ha- okay, so we have the Oscars, we have Golden Globes, we have the SAG Awards, we have uh, Independent Film Awards. What, where, I guess like the the fact that the Oscars have kind of established themselves as the premier level and there's so much around like what, what is the machinery around filmmaking in general too and all these other things that that relate to award season. Do we need them? Do we? Do we need them? What do you guys think? Like, do we should like what where like how I, I I've I've always I've had this conversation so many times with people about I I love award season. I think that it's like celebrating the art form is always good. Mm-hmm. I think that that's that's always going to be a, ben- a positive thing. But the, the and it, it just sucks because it's it's really subjective in a lot of ways. And you know some things it's subjective. Some most a lot of things it's it's art. So it's it's hard to you know put like a best of on art because it means so much to so many different people. So, so the, where I land on this is I think that just in the way that there are like love languages, there are also mm -hmm. like work or professional languages and mine is recognition. I love recognition. (laughs) I, and it's not like, like it comes off sometimes as like maybe like pompous, but it's like, no, if I do a good job, I want to be told I did a good job. I want, you know, Mm -hmm. to get raises. I want to get promotions. I want to get shouted out in our weekly meeting or whatever, you know, like to me, Mm -hmm. recognition is what makes me want to continue to do good work. And if mm-hmm. I'm never recognized, it's it's basically words of affirmation, right? Like if I'm never yeah. recognized, then I'm eventually gonna like lose steam, and sure. it's and so to me, I'm like I believe certain actors when they're like I don't care about awards because it's maybe not their love language, <laughs> you know. But I do think that there are actors and creators and writers who want that recognition and they should have a chance for it. And if part of that is that you have to campaign, then I guess that's part of it, you know? And so some people will just never campaign as hard. And Mm -hmm. as a viewer, I enjoy them. So I'm on team keep them, but I like that we have a variety of types of awards. Critics right. choice, people's choice, all of those yeah. are important to me. I'm missing a lot, but yeah, yeah, but it's you know, it's it's different groups of people that are voting. And for someone, a teen choice award might be like the coolest thing that could ever happen to them. You know, yeah. like getting the- slimed? You kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and just like kids the like dream. me, kids think I did a good job. Like that's a that's a notoriously difficult crowd to please. Some people might prefer Screen Actors Guild, you know, jury of my peers. It just depends. And so I think the fact that they're, I, I think more is better in this case. 
Mm, okay, so like the spread, the the spread of recognition, or like who who is out there, you know, being able to to highlight and celebrate these pieces. Mm-hmm. It matters that this the diversity of who is actually celebrated, exactly who is celebrating. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, I'm definitely Team Oscar. <laughs> um, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, I I'm okay with all the awards. I think. Um, I think there is a little bit of a stick to your lane kind of thing. So like, for example, I'm not on board for the Oscars doing a people's choice esque award of like, tweet us what you think is the best movie. And we're going to let the audience pick it. It's like, no, (laughs) Uh, the audience gets the people's choice award. You're the industry. You do your thing, pat yourselves on the back. Right. Um, But you know, don't, don't involve everybody else. Not everybody else needs to be involved in this. It's this is your award show. Embrace that. Um, you know, do we need award shows? No, we don't need a lot of things, but we enjoy them. I enjoy the Oscars. And one of the things that I appreciate about it is um the the love and appreciation they have for the art of filmmaking, right? Um, and the people who make those films. So, you know, I love that as as much as I hate the ceremony sometimes of like all the stupid changes they make every year of like, you know, the TV show is not the same thing as the awards and the Academy. Um, and sometimes the TV show drives me crazy. But I understand that the money they get from that is what allows them to have that museum in LA, where if I want to... I can go see Judy Garland's shoes from Wizard of Oz. I can go see Oscars that people who are no longer with us won, you know, because Steven Spielberg bought them at auction and went, this, they belong to you now. They don't belong to whoever can pay the most money. Um, so I, I like the Oscars as a celebration of film. Do they get it right all the time? No, but no award show is ever going to get it right all the time. Because as you were saying, Quasi, art is subjective, Right. You know, there are, there are movies that have won Best Picture that I've gone, like, that is so totally awful. What the hell is happening? There are movies that I'm the only one that loved that won Best Picture. And everybody is like, like what is wrong with you? Right? So you're the, oh. one, the one Crash fan? Is that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> no. Um, here's the thing. I didn't hate it as much as everybody else did. But I still wouldn't have picked it to win Best Picture. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I'm not a like a, a let's abolish all awards kind of thing. Um, mm. But I think, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I just I think it's one of the things that we need to kind of all remember. It's all of it's subjective. Everybody's going to have yeah. their own opinion about it. Um, I remember a few years ago when or uh, Casey Affleck won uh, best actor and he's like it's just like getting employee of the month you win it you say thank you you move on and do your next work and somebody else's employee of the month next time right and i'm like yeah i can appreciate that there's a level of like you know again it's that affirmation thing somebody saw what i did they appreciated what i did but they're not trying to make me king of the world with this mm-hmm. yeah i think that's you guys made really good points and i think that it it's so the you mentioned something, uh, Alex, that I think is, is is something I was thinking about too, because the show and the award are diff. There, it's it's this give and a take of like the the this year they're they're planning on cutting a bunch of the behind this behind the camera awards, and that to me is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. But I also know that I mean I love. I, I'm the guy who loves the creative Emmys. Mm-hmm. Like I love that. I, mm-hmm. I think that like there's, you know, like the Writers Guild, like those, they're those type of award shows where they're recognizing the the sheer work that goes after the camera stops rolling to make this thing possible to achieve. Like that to me is so it's also just like a major part of the film that you can't just skip just because you know they're not reckon they're not face recognizable. Yeah. Um, and but again, yeah, they have so like the show is not the same as the recognition of that award. And I think that for me, one of the issues that I I guess when I when I think of the award seasons that the there it, it you can these actors who win the people they they within their own sphere, it's important for them to stay humble and recognize that this is this is 
it's you know it's mercurial this this fame this attention it can come and go in the blink of an eye and you know we love you today we may hate you tomorrow and that's that's the world that they live in but the opportunities awarded to people who win these things begin to skyrocket so i think that's where i feel like this is an issue more of that if you're not spreading it out you're not going to hear more voices mm -hmm. and so we're going to have more Oscars so white issues. We're going to have like hard corrections that may not necessarily be the right thing to like approach it. And so like that, and that to me is kind of where I feel like this, this is an opportunity to, I think when Casey was saying like spreading out the, the type of awards, like the MTV movie awards trying to just do best, best performance versus actor and actress, yeah. these different things, like opportunities for us to flex in like how we approach recognition of art or um, even Golden Globes splits it by drama and like comedy, you know. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's just a different approach to sure. maybe widen the net a little bit. Yeah, and then we start getting movies like Hereditary and The Farewell into the conversation more, and then and they can, you know, other films can see that those type of movies are getting recognized. So let's start doing more. Let's start exploring them more. Yeah, and we may be able to evolve from there because. Yeah, like they like Ari Aster, Jordan Peele, they're taking huge leaps in 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 like creating these things, and it's it, it if they weren't inspired by the work that came before them, we probably wouldn't be able to, you know. So, um, I guess I I I, I don't know who who directed the farewell. Uh, her um, name is Lulu know. Wang. Lulu Wang, yeah. yeah. Uh, and for for and then from farewell, Parasite, Minari, like these films that are able to start getting that recognition. Um, and kind of paving the way because they're brought into the conversation of acclaim, I think is super important. So. Yeah. And it, it's like you were saying, it opens the door. Uh, so, you know, all of the, the lesser known performers or um, directors who enter the conversation about, you know, being a filmmaker uh, through something like documentary short or live action short, where it's like people who make those, you know, you can see there's a direct line from winning that Oscar to getting the funding to make your first picture. You know, the, the people who um, win in like supporting categories who maybe nobody had really ever heard of kind of thing, all of a sudden get catapulted into being able to get starring roles. I mean, now it's not a direct, you know, one for one thing. Um, there are tons of articles out there that talk about being uh, nominees who basically get dropped by everybody as soon as the ceremony is over and they didn't win right yeah and you know people who came out of nowhere nobody's ever heard of you oh my god we're gonna shower all this love on you and then oh you didn't win you have no value to us anymore um but the awards ceremony still allow for an opportunity to see these people and recognize their contributions you know the nominations yeah. allow you especially if you're not you know Tom Hanks or Meryl Streep or um, Denzel Washington to be able to go to a studio and audition and to say, hey, I think I'd be good for this part. I have an Oscar nomination, right? <laughs> you know, versus somebody who has no experience or little experience and doesn't have any award nominations. It sucks for that person who doesn't have the nominations. But, you know, it's, it's the continued forward um, momentum of finding new and diverse um, creators. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, the, oh God, this is, I, we are going to dive so deep in the extended play. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm excited. excited. <laughs> but we, we were wrap. you know, we, I feel like we, we got into some really great conversation <laughs> that may not be necessarily about our movies, <laughs> but um, Casey, the job is, it's, it's on you now though. Oh, we brought, man. we brought hereditary. We brought the farewell. What do you think? What was, the best, uh, the best Oscar snob. It's so, so hard because I think both of these were very worthy choices. And all of the movies that we discussed as potential choices were also very worthy choices. Yeah. Um, now it's now it's our turn to handle yeah. hand the yeah. award so in, That may cause controversy. Yeah. <laughs> and the winner in, is. <laughs> um, you know, in, in the theme of uh, subjectivity... And, you know, our personal biases coming into the mix. I'm, you know, I love horror. I'm a huge horror lover. I'm gonna have to give it to Hereditary. But I think every movie 
that we mentioned, like if you have not seen them, Last Black Man in San Francisco, um, yeah. Blind Spotting, you know, a- any of these movies. If you, even if we just casually mentioned it, or if we casually mention it in the post show, which I'm sure we will, like take the time. Most of these are streaming for free somewhere. Just, just go, yeah. just go look. Sorry to bother Canada you's TV. coming to Netflix like next week. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh baby, that's a trip. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you, you, yeah, Casey, you're right. I think it, it's it, there's so many. I think I guess like for for those who you know love movies, it makes sense to you know want more for the Oscars and like I get I really you know want to see it expand and evolve so that we're recognizing so many different types of great movies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, yeah, I I. I I think that yeah, like the farewell. I, I, you know, I think that especially for like movies like that, we, we have to have more of them. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that in the future for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Well, oh god, this was so great. You guys, you have to stick around because we're going to talk more on this post show about Oscars, about awards, about film, <laughs> why we love it, what should win, forever. <laughs> Um, but thank you so much, Alex. This was so great. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having um, me. I'm just like, again, this. I gotta talk about the Oscars. <laughs> I'm, coming, I'm coming for blood for this <laughs> next one. It's all mine. <laughs> Strap in. We're ready. We're gonna do it. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Casey, thank you so much for co hosting with me. I'm Quasi Phillips. A big thank you to everyone listening. Please tune in next time as we look at the musical rent in our regularly scheduled 24 flames per second uh, podcast um for more information about our extra content the patreon where we're putting our extended plays and hot takes and drink alongs or any other 24 flames per second goodies you can follow us on social media at 24 flames pod and uh give us a rating on uh, any platform that you get your podcasts uh, Party Fish Media is produced by me, Robert Bohorkis, and Will Paulson. Our show music was created by Rob Joins and Will Paulson. And you can check out the content of all of our great shows on partyfish.media. That's our website, partyfish.media. And you can follow us and any of those podcasts uh, by following at Party Fish Media on social media. Thank you guys so much. Stay, stick around for our extended play. And thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.